Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses by teaching cutting-edge marketing strategies and interviewing successful marketers, as well as product marketing experts that share their stories to inspire you to achieve hyper-growth for your own business. I'm your host, John LeClaire, founder and CEO of Harvest Growth. And I believe that if you want to make your product the next household name, you just need to follow the right plan and that even the best products struggle to succeed when they step away from proven strategies that work. And I believe that you can grow profitably, which means you don't need to be a Fortune 500 company or have access to venture capital in order to grow your business. And if you'd like to learn more about what we call the perfect launch process for marketing products, check out harvestgrowth.com. And if you still have questions on how you can implement this process for your business, you'll see a link on our homepage to set up a free consultation with one of our product launch specialists. Today, we have a, a wonderful guest, Scott Kowalczyk, who's the founder of Direct Avenue. You're going to love hearing his story, hearing advice from Scott, and you'll see very quickly that there are very few people that understand this business of direct response, television marketing, as well as Scott does. We've been friends for a long time. Scott and I have worked together on many clients. So as many of you know, my business is primarily video production and video marketing. And so when we need somebody to help us buy the media for national TV stations, Scott is one of our go-to people and his company, Direct Avenue. So Scott's been in the business for 25 years, which is almost the entire span of the industry of direct response television. He's owned Direct Avenue for 12 years. He said, I think just this month is your anniversary. So happy anniversary on on your uh, founding of Direct Avenue, Scott, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, yes, it's been a... It's been a great 12 years at Direct Avenue, and uh, crazy, it's been 25 years in this space, and it's changed a lot, but you know the basics are pretty much the same year over year, but thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the time. And I know our audience, we, as you know, we speak with a lot of inventors, entrepreneurs, product marketers. Many of them are interested in marketing their products or their services on direct television. So this is going to be invaluable as uh, the next 20 or 30 minutes that we'll chat about. I'm sure you'll share some great tidbits as you already have over the years with me and, you know, in our conversation right before this interview as well. So I'm sure you're going to be a great value to them. So let me start off by asking a little, a couple of questions about you and your company, your background, before we get into a lot of the specifics. So can you tell us about how you founded Direct Avenue and what makes your company stand out in the industry? Sure. No, I, Started Direct Avenue 12 years ago. I was uh, working for a, uh, a previous agency, a competitor of mine, and uh, they basically turned corporate. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't like working for a corporation. And uh, you had to go through too many steps to get things done internally for clients, uh, and especially when you're doing business on a, on a daily basis. So uh, with Direct Avenue, I started it because uh, – I love this business and I really wanted to take a step forward and uh, make sure that the clients were getting treated the right way. Um, I started in the business with uh, a woman named Katie Williams up in Santa Monica, uh, California. And from her, I came down to San Diego and worked for an agency. Uh, So Direct Avenue, as I said, spawned 12 years ago. And we basically specialize in short form uh, direct response media buying on television, and we also do online buying. And our 
core competency that we've done over the years is with the short form, it's five minute spots or less in length. So you have five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, 60 seconds, 30s, 15s and 10s. So there's a lot of different lengths that you can purchase. Uh, and that's what we work on. So uh, we don't do uh, radio. We don't do uh, print. We don't do what you do, John. I mean, I, I can't do what you do. And that's why I work with uh, you because uh, I know what I don't know. And I don't want someone to come to me and ask me to do a creative and production work and try to finagle my way through it when I know people that, like yourself, have been doing it for years and do a fantastic job with it. And so, like I say, we want to stick to our core competency, which is the media buying and the analytics of the, of the uh, data. Uh, and by doing that, we just let our clients know that uh, – they have the best of the best uh, working with them. And at the same time, if they do need someone that specializes in something else that we don't do, we have those relationships to work with those side vendors uh, to make sure that the client gets the, the best service so they can get the best results at the end of the day. That, that's the key thing. If they, if they get the service and people are really good at what they do, then they're, the odds of them succeeding in our space are, are tremendous. Absolutely. And, you know, we've talked, you and I, but also we've, we've shared in our podcast and when I talk to clients, et cetera, we always talk about three pillars for a successful campaign. It's the audience, the offer, and the messaging. And really the audience, yeah. that's where you and I interface is, is on media buying. So that's the piece that, you know, we don't buy media in-house. That's why we work so well together with you and your team. Uh, because of how good you are at con, you know, reaching out, finding the right audience and knowing how to reach them and getting those rates as low as they possibly can so we can get a positive right. ROI. And then the messaging, of course, on the creative. And then the offer is something that I've found in working with you and your team over the years where a lot of media buyers, that's all they do is really buy media. What I love about working with you is how you stay strategically involved in the business as well. So you'll give us great pointers on the creatives. I know you don't produce videos, but you know, you've seen so many, you give good advice on things to potentially change, but also on the offer, you know, if there's pricing changes and things like that. So I know you get your hands at least strategically involved with all those three pillars, even though, you know, the audience, at least from that perspective is what you guys primarily focus on. So let me ask you a question on, you know, you've, you've seen so much over the years, uh, huge, huge home runs that you've been involved with and some that haven't worked. And you, because of that, you understand what works, what doesn't. Can you, can you ask me right. a question? So what would you say, what types of products work well on TV specifically now, as you talk about short form infomercials or short form direct response TV, and then how has that maybe changed over the past few years? Well, it's changed a lot. Uh, there's two types of, of kind of infomercials. There's the long form infomercial, which is 28 minutes and 30 seconds. And then there's a short form, which I told you before is the shorter length commercials. And it's all direct response. There's a 800 number or a URL or some sort of a response mechanism on the commercial itself that you can categorize it as a response driven campaign. And the business has changed a lot, especially over the last few years. The, the, the half-hour infomercial space uh, is a lot more difficult to have products uh, convert and do well. Uh, technology is allowing people to move quicker, and people want it right here, right now. 
Uh, and you need to give your message across in these campaigns and these commercials really quick. I mean, you've, you've got to, you've got to, as you said, yes, we do look at the creative and, and we do give input because we've been in it so long as far as what does the offer look like or how can we make the offer a little bit better uh, based on what we see as a media buying agency, what is performing out there. So one of the things that we have noticed a lot, uh, especially over the last couple of years, there are a lot of campaigns that are basically are URL only. And some of them are taking away their 800 number. There are campaigns that still have an 800 number and a URL. Although if you don't need an 800 number, then you can save on telemarketing costs. Uh, and with the 800 number, uh, the one area it is still good at is if you have an older demographic, if you have a product that's targeting 65, 70 plus, uh, those folks it is really good to still have an 800 number on the commercial along with a URL as well. So that's one of the bigger things that I've seen change over the years, uh, especially as I said, the last you know, year or two. The other big thing is the, uh, when people are responding via the URL, they are, and I, this is where I can get into uh, how Amazon is, is behaving out there to all the consumers. When, People are watching television and they see a product that they like uh, on the TV. Uh, 50% of the people, uh, a study has been done, respond to Amazon first. So if you're watching TV and you see a product, 50% of the people are going to Amazon and the other 50%, maybe they're Googling the, the product or maybe they're going to the product website. So one of the key things, if, if you don't mind me going into it now, John, a little bit sure. about like the attribution and, and reporting. So the, the media buying space has evolved a lot over the years because half of our conversations today are more about data and reporting uh, there is still a large portion about media and strategy, but when you have a URL-only campaign, which is a lot of the campaigns today, so if people watch TV or when you watch TV and you see a commercial, many commercials today just have a URL on there instead of a phone number and a URL. So if you have thousands of commercials running on television, and if you also have a digital campaign, maybe you have a radio campaign, uh, a print, if you have all these things going on at the same time, and they're all going to the same URL, it really muddies the waters as far as really trying to figure out where do you attribute all the data coming in. So it's, it's accurate with what we do. We have a heavy reporting and a big operations team here at Direct Avenue. We've got data scientists that are looking at all this information on a daily basis. Uh, and we work directly with our clients pretty much daily to look at the reporting to make sure as short as, as accurate as possible, saying, okay, this, this amount of volume goes to TV, this amount of volume goes to radio or digital, et cetera. Because we need to make sure that the data that's getting attributed to the media buys in whatever area they're putting their money, we know that it is accurate, as accurate as possible so we can figure out which area is performing the best and where to put the money towards the marketing efforts. Because at the end of the day, you know, the client's looking at how much they spend 
And then, of course, they're looking at how much they're bringing in. But if they don't know where which is performing the best, you know, that's a little more uh, difficult for them because they want to make sure that they're spending the money in the best areas. So for me, that's for this industry, that's the biggest change that has evolved over the last, let's say, year or two. Uh, and the, uh, you know, ideally when clients come to us, uh, if they do need to have an 800 number on their commercial, that's still okay. Uh, but they really need to make sure that they're dialed in from, uh, the website of the business and we help them as far as making sure that their reporting is dialed in. Uh, because like I said, if you don't know where it's coming from, then you're, you're not going to be able to achieve success. That's a great description. And let me, I'll back up a little bit just for the benefit of some sure. of our audience that may not be as experienced in the direct response TV industry. So years ago, of course, it was all phone and mail order, right? That's a long time ago. But even, even maybe 10 years ago, when you put a, a commercial or, or an infomercial or direct response TV spot on TV, we would have a website and a phone number as well. And for a while, it was still 70, 80% of the orders would come in over the phones. And gradually, as Scott, you've said, that, that has shifted, of course, right? So now there are some campaigns that don't go to the phones at all. Uh, and that's a problem. You know, it's a problem you guys have solved really well. But for a few years, it took, us, uh, it took us some time to figure that out because it used to be that every station would have its own unique phone number. That's how we track results. We know what station they saw when they place an order and we can kind of guess at the web results based on the phone results. And that worked well for a few years. But as you've said, times have changed and now it could be 90 or even 100% of sales are coming from the web. And so you've got to have these attribution metrics in place uh, in order to make it work. And, and I'll say it, it gets even a little bit harder where you can use coupon codes or things like that, and which that can hurt your results. So we often stay away from that. Um, but also when you go to Amazon, as opposed to the website, you lose even more track of where people came from or when even they purchased or who exactly they are. You lose some of that data. So can you give us a little peek under the tent, maybe of what you or your data science team does that helps to answer these questions and helps to attribute the sales so we know, for example, what TV spot drove the sale once we get it on Amazon or on the web? True. Uh, the What we do is is... The first thing you have to do, we get uh, called pre-logs. I know you're familiar with pre-logs. A pre-log is an estimated time when a commercial airs on television. So it could be a $50 airing, it could be a $1,000 airing, it could be a $500 airing. So there's all different length, uh, length commercials and also different uh, rates. So the, the lower the rate, the, usually the lower the viewership, the higher the rate, it's usually higher uh, households uh, that you're going to hit. So you hit more impressions when you're looking at a higher dollar. Now, what you need to do is with these pre-logs, when a hit happens or an airing goes off, there's a window that we set up for uh, in our operations. So that window of time could be two minutes, could be five minutes, it could be 10 minutes. And in that window, it's when the, when the airing goes off, it's two, five, six, 10 minutes after that airing occurs, where we gather all that data for that commercial. And then at the end of that time, it's cut off. And I know, John, as you know, and other people may know out there that there's a drag that occurs after a commercial airs 
people call in or people respond on online and you see a big hit and then you see a decline. But you do have to shut that window off at a certain time, especially when you have hundreds or thousands of airings going off. And some of these airings could be right next to each other. So what you have to do is based off of our history in running on all these media properties. So not just the network, but we know the day part, we know the rate with all of them. And so we have a history of knowing approximately what percent of the data needs to be going to each hit. But we do have these windows set up, these attribution windows for each airing. And that's, that's kind of a, a quick little start of what we have to do in order to make sure that uh, the data is very accurate. And once the week is finished, the following week, we get what's called a post log. So a post log is the exact time when the commercial aired from the previous week. So once we get all these post logs into the system, what we do is we have to rerun all the data that went into the system to make sure it's accurate. And the reason why I say that is this, because when you get a pre-log out there, sometimes you have a get pre-log that may say 10 a.m., but in the actual post-log, it could come over at 10.03 or 10.04 a.m. That adjusts the window of attribution where I just talked about. So there's a pre-log where the data goes in, and then there's the post-log where we have to measure it again to make sure it's accurate. And uh, that's what you have to do. Uh, and that's what these guys do here internally from our operations team. And I know there's a few clients out there, uh, John, that we work with that do have their own data scientist team. So, and it's great when the clients do have people internally that run their own models because they can run their model and we can run ours and we come together and say, okay, are we both accurate? Are we both close? And most of the time, we're both close to each other. And the thing is this, it's, no one is 100% accurate. It's physically impossible. Although it's accurate enough to make strategic media buying decisions to make sure your campaign will be successful. And the reason why you, you, you need multiple eyes on the data part of it uh, is just like I just said, it's, it's, there's so many moving parts and there's so many airings that are occurring. Uh, and the other thing I do want to say is clients, whoever's listening to this, whoever you're working with, please make sure that you're very open with the communication to your partners. You need to make sure that whomever you're working with, um, you let them know what TV is airing or what radio is airing, or maybe you have a PR push that's going on out there. I, if everyone knows what type of media is running, then everyone will kind of have an idea from a, from a operation standpoint, from an attribution standpoint to be as accurate as possible. An example, John, we were running a campaign uh, and all the data was coming in fairly even every single day. And then one day we look and we saw this huge hit. There was double the amount of, of hits that came into the site and we didn't do anything. And so we get and call the client up and we're like, what happened? Oh, and they're like, oh, sorry, we forgot. We just had a big PR push uh, <laughs> that day. And uh, it, 
but we didn't know about it and we knew it wasn't what we did. So we want to make sure that the data that's coming in is getting attributed to the, to the right area. So we know where they, where they need to spend the money. I mean, we're all about spending as much money on television as we can, because that's how we make money as an agency. Although we want to make sure the client is completely successful. And the best way we're going to do that is being a great partner with them and making sure they know we're looking at this, not just for us, but for them. If they're successful and we're giving them the right data going to all the right areas, then it's a trust. We want to make sure that that trust is there. So clients, please communicate to your your vendors uh, everything that you're doing, because if you don't, then your attribution in your data will be wrong and you will not be able to maximize your efforts on your, on your uh, campaign. Thank you for that. That's great feedback. In fact, we've got a client we're working with right now that has been very successful in the efforts we're doing, but there's, in my mind, there's leaving so much on the table because we, there, we're, not, we're not getting all the communication of one other campaigns are running and it's really holding the campaign back. I think we can, we can double, triple volumes profitably if we just know, if they communicate with us. So I think it's very important. I'm glad you brought that up. And, and frankly, I'm glad we've had this discussion. This is really what I was most excited to hear from you about was attribution. If you remember back several years ago when we first met in person was in Las Vegas. It was at the ER, what used to be called the ERA convention. It's a big, for those uh, benefit of our listeners, a big infomercial industry convention. It's now changed names to PDMI. And anyways, it's, you know, it's been around for a long time. And, and this was our discussion. We talked about attribution because we were running into problems with our other TV media buyers that we were using at the time. And, and they were very good at buying. They got good discounted rates, but we just were losing track of what sales were be driven, being driven by what stations, right? As, it really, as this transition was happening. And you've always been at the forefront of that, of the attribution understanding of the, of the data analysis, I would say, forefront. And it's been great working with you on that front. So for those that are listening, Scott knows his stuff on this, and his team is fantastic at this. And it's crucial. It's, this is so important nowadays where it used to be easy. You know, with the phone numbers, it was a, that part of the process was easy. That really has changed. And that's where media buyers like Direct Avenue, like Scott's company can really add value to, uh, to a, a campaign like this. So when I ask you a question on, we, we had a conversation last week about mobile devices and how times have changed on what happens with interaction with TV. So, you know, so often we hear that TV is dying or TV is changing because people are watching other platforms and it definitely is changing. But from my perspective, I believe from yours as well, the, the direct response TV industry is healthy, right? We, we can still make a lot of money for our clients by airing on TV because people are still watching cable television. They're still seeing these ads, but the way that they interact possibly with the, the campaign is different than it used to be. And you were specifically talking about an example of uh, viewers sitting on their couch interacting with their mobile devices during a TV spot. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I love the way that you kind of shared that story and and uh, your analysis of how times have changed. From right. TV. Sure, sure. The, uh, the biggest thing that has changed uh, is a lot more people today are looking for social proof uh, in a product. A product could be a hard good product could be a vacuum could be a a nutraceutical product uh it could be a uh even someone's looking to buy a house or rent a house uh people want to look at who else has had a good experience 
So as you're bringing up the point of people are watching television now and people are watching more TV now than they ever have before. It's just that they're watching it differently. As you said, they're watch- some people are watching it on a phone, some people are watching it on a tablet, some people are watching it on actual TV itself. Uh, some people are watching linear TV and some people are watching the connected TVs like the Hulus of the world. And that, that's fine, that's great, but it's, it's how you're bringing the message to them and how they're responding. So as I, I, I'm not sure if I said it before, but I'm going to bring it up as far as uh, uh, the, the Amazon again, about 50% of the people go to Amazon first. And the reason why most of the time is they're looking for social proof. They want to see, do people like it? Do people like the product? Do they have a good experience with this company that they've worked with? Uh, and if they have, then you know what? The odds of them going through with the transaction with that company are that much greater. Uh, So when people are watching TV, uh, and I know, John, I gave that example to an example to you uh, before, but I'll I'll bring it up again. And I I was watching TV with my family. I've got a wife and two kids and, and I'm watching TV. I'm like, I really didn't want to watch that. The family did. And I look and they all have a phone in their hand. They're not even looking at the TV but they're listening to it. And, I, and then when a commercial goes on, and I, I saw a few times my, my, one of my kids and then my wife, they would either Google or they would go to Amazon to look and say, oh, you know, it's this much money on the, on the, on the web or on Amazon. People are saying good things about it or people are saying bad things about it. And I've had first experience with my family with that. And I know so many people out there today are doing the same thing. So when people are running these, these campaigns on television, they really need to make sure I'm, I'm going back to the message. And when the short form commercials that you produce, John, and, and you create for your clients, it's so important today because the, the, the half hour block of time that used to be the forefront of the infomercial business when I started 20 plus years ago, the short form version is, is where people need to be today. And, and the reason why is because you really need to come across to people very quickly with a good point. You need to have a, a really good offer. But at the same time, you do need to make sure that, or the client needs to make sure that they have someone monitoring their, uh, their, their social proof on the web. Uh, it's, it's with some clients say it's a full-time job that they have people managing that for them. Uh, because at the end of the day, they don't want it. It's about your name and it's about the company name. And if they don't have a good name out there, people are not going to move forward with their, with their product. And, uh, I know I'm stressing that, but I've seen it a lot over the last six to nine months, a lot of clients having difficulties because their product was being bashed on online. Yeah, no, that's, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's a great point that so often gets missed where again, it used to be easy or easier, right? You launch a product. if, If they believe you, they pick up the phone or maybe they go to the store and buy it. But nowadays, they, they go and research. They want to find out, does this work as well as promise? And, and what they might find in their research is there's something that's just as good, but it might be less expensive, or maybe it has better reviews, right. or maybe they're Amazon Prime and yours is not, or there's so many other options. So you've got to make sure as you launch a product that you've got all your key bases covered. You can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. 
but you need to make sure you've got your key bases covered, have good social proof, as you mentioned, and to have a good web presence to be on Amazon and to do so in the, in the right way as well. I, I want to bring up a point too that I think you kind of touched on is, you know, TV is so different now from when it used to be, even 10 years ago, where back then, it's not that long ago, right? But back then, you'd watch TV, you'd watch the cable networks, and you channel surf, right? That was our, that was our audience, right? Our, our primary audience in, in this industry. Get channel surfers, they catch a show they like, and then they sit and they leave it on, right? So the TV commercials or right. infomercial TV spots would run, and they pay attention to that. And, and you had more time to grab their attention because they were less likely, you had the risk of them changing the station. But now, there's so many more risks, right? They may not change the station, but they may look away and go to their mobile device or turn to something else right. and look for other content unrelated while they're waiting for their show to come back on. So it's even more important now to get their attention and to do so very quickly. And then like you said, make sure that they go to somewhere where you're at, right? So via social proof right. on Facebook, Instagram, or Amazon, or your web presence, et cetera, make sure you capture them. That's great. So I've, I've written down a bunch of notes. Every time I talk to you, I learn something. And this has been more than, more than normal, which I guess is the point today, right? <laughs> You've been teaching us. So thank you so much. I want to ask a question. So we, we're coming to a, a close pretty soon here. Um, and I want to talk about your company, how they can get a hold of you. But before I do that, do you have any advice that you'd like to share with product marketers, inventors, or entrepreneurs out there that you've done so many launches over the years and had so much great success? Any advice you have to share with, with entrepreneurs or inventors? Uh, I would love, I'd say, number one, do your homework. Uh, you need to make sure that you're working with the best uh, vendors in the space. Uh, I've, I've talked to too many uh, inventors, entrepreneurs that are coming into our space, and they, the first thing that they say is, hey, I've got a brother, a cousin, or a friend that can do my creative in production for like five or 10 grand or $3,000. And folks, the most important thing to get started is working with the best creative and production company. Uh, and John, that's what you do. And you, when people try to nickel and dime it in the beginning, you know, you're going to, you're going to get nickel and dime. You don't want to have uh, your, your brother-in-law, your son or kid do that for you. Uh, you really want to work with partners in this space that have been doing it for a long time. Uh, the other thing I really want to stress is you want to work with people that they have business that is relevant to yours today. You don't want to be talking to someone that says, oh yeah, I've done that, but what if they work on this campaign 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago? You want someone that has is doing something that's relevant to your business or the way you want to market your business and that they're doing it now, right now. Because what happened a couple of years ago, things have changed. So John, I feel the most important thing is these new inventors out there work with companies that have business today that is working and they can justify it with them and show them what they're doing. Because like I said, it's, it's changed over the last few years. And the other thing I want to stress to the, to the inventors out there is make sure that you uh, have proper investment capital as well. Uh, you're going to have to commit to, to creative and production. You're going to have to commit to media dollars. You're going to have to potentially commit to building a website. You want to make sure you do it right out of the gate. Uh, because a lot of the times 
John, I've come across a lot of people that have the best thing since sliced bread. And they may be really smart when it comes to inventing products, but they have no clue about marketing. And they just need to let, make sure, let the marketers help them and listen to them because we're experienced in the space and we know what can help them out. We know what failures look like and we know what successes are. And if we can help them start out of the gate with a successful media buying agency, a, su a successful creative production company, a successful uh, uh, maybe a company that's doing their website if they don't have it done themselves. We want to make sure that they have all the right partners set up and that's the first step for success. Uh, and yeah, that, that's my advice to these inventors out there to get started. And it's the capital too. They, don't, don't expect to get started for, for twenty dollars or $30,000. You need to make sure you have the right amount of money depending on what you're looking to achieve for your media campaign and launch. Thank you. Well, very well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. And, and uh, I thank you for the nice words about our agency as well. And like I've said already in this interview, I couldn't speak more highly of, of Scott and his, his agency, Direct Avenue, and their ability to help buy direct response media for clients and do so in a very profitable fashion. So, Scott, I want to first thank you so much for your time. I know how busy you are. So thank you for taking the time out to help me. I've gotten some great notes, but more importantly, to help our audience of inventors and entrepreneurs out there. Uh, my last question to you is, how can people get a hold of you or your company if they want to learn more about Direct Avenue? Sure. You can go to uh, directavenue.com and just check us out. Uh, my, you can even call my phone number directly. Uh, it's 760-579-4210. Uh, either way, and uh, be happy to talk to anyone and help them out. And uh, I'm, I'm, I am uh, the CEO of the company, although I am hands-on uh, with all of our clients' business. Uh, my partner, his name is Mark Johnston. He's the CFO of the company, although I would say 65-70% of his time throughout the week is uh, working with our operations team, making sure that the data is handled correctly. So uh, I'll finish it as you asked in the beginning about starting off with Direct Avenue, what separates us. When people work with us, they're working with the founders, they're working with myself, they're working with my partner who's the CFO. From an operational standpoint and a data standpoint, Mark is on calls every single week with our clients. Uh, from uh, a media buying and strategic standpoint, I'm on the calls with clients going over strategy and looking at media and results because my background and passion is media and his is from a data standpoint. So together, we are hands-on with all of our clients. Uh, so all senior level people work with our clients and we like that because we want to make sure we're not handing them off to uh, someone who's junior or who is not experienced enough in the business to make sure that they know what's going on. Thank you for your valuable insights and for taking the time to share your story. Our audience of inventors, entrepreneurs, and product marketers will benefit greatly from what you've taught us today. For the listeners, go to their website to learn more. And be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes that we have recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review at iTunes or Google Play.